If you have ever been too nervous to launch a course, an ebook, a podcast, to post on Instagram, you need to listen to this interview. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, my inbox besties, besties. Kate Donster here, and I am super excited, as always, to be hanging out in your ear holes. And I'm extra super excited because it is back to business free bundle month, 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 where I'm interviewing some of our top contributors for the back to business free bundle that is going on from February 22nd to March 5th, where I've twisted the arms of 18 other amazing online business owners to give you things like free email templates. Those are from yours truly. From Pinterest templates to courses all about launching, all about writing your book and getting it onto Amazon, which is really exciting. We are covering the gambit, how to actually make your Gmail work for you. What? That's probably one of my favorite things ever in there as well. So all you need to do is head on over to backtobusinessbundle.com. You can hop on the wait list. You'll be the first to know when it is open to the general public so you don't miss out. If you're listening to this on March 9th, I'm sorry. You can't get all those free goodies. But if you do head to backtobusinessbundle.com, I'll have a couple of consolation prizes waiting for you over there. But I can't give you some of this other stuff. Like we have a mini course all from Dr. Destiny, all about Facebook ads. And we're going to be talking to Destiny in a couple weeks. It is so good, guys. Like you want it so bad. Trust me. So backtobusinessbundle.com to hop on the wait list. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Faith Mariah. And I actually met Faith because she is one of my star students of Love Your List. So she actually loved your list with her first business, one of her first businesses, all about mental health. So she had a mental health blog that she used the principles that we teach in the course to be able to really grow it into a successful site and to not just make money from ads. And then she sort of unreluctantly ended up turning into a blog coach, as you're going to find out. She said that she never wanted to get roped in with those bloggers who blog about blogging. Oh, honestly, guys, the more that I'm into this game, the more that like coaches do need coaches, blogger helpers do need blog helpers. As long as you have gotten some type of results from something else, then go ahead with your bad self and help others out. So we're going to be talking about how to deal with imposter syndrome, what to do if things on your launch aren't going so well, the things that she sees holding people back, particularly when it comes to money and the simple systems that she uses to really keep her mindset fresh. Because even though this is something that she lives eats, breathes, and coaches about multiple times in a week in her mastermind community that she has running. It's it's a struggle, guys. Like It's always going to be something that's going to be getting you down. Like I say all the time when it comes to mindset, you can't do one sit-up once and expect to have a six-pack for 20 years. Same thing with mindset. It is one of these constant things that you need to be clearing out to help you grow a lot faster. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk to Faith. All right, guys. Like I said in the intro, I am so excited to talk to Faith all about mindset and kind of switching over from thinking of your thing as like just sort of a hobby to like you're an actual full-fledged business owner and the growing pains that can come along with all of that. So Faith, why don't you go ahead, if people do not know who you are, introduce yourself and let them know why you are so awesome. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Faith Mariah. I run a mental health blog that I've been making full-time income off of. Gosh, has it been four years now? <laughs> it's like it seems like it seems like a lot shorter than that. But for the last four years, I've been making full-time income off of that blog. And now I also help women with their mindset. And I help coach women that want to have online businesses and want to become full-time bloggers and I help them basically blow their businesses up and become full-time bloggers themselves. So yeah, lots of things, doing all the things. Nice. So when I actually first met Faith, so like I guys told you in the intro, she's a student of Love Your List and I just absolutely love Faith. She's one of our huge success stories. I would brag about how great she is all the time is that you were very resistant to actually like, you know, blogging about blogging or business coaching about business coaching. So what made you actually sort of tip into that arena from your mental health blog, which you actually did really well with? Yeah. So it's so funny because I always say I talk about the same thing. So if you listen to my blogging podcast and then you listen to my mental health podcast, 
I've been saying the same things on the internet the entire time. I just changed my target market. So I got kind of burnt out coaching people that identify with depression and anxiety. I think it's very heavy to coach people that are in that kind of phase of their life. I've struggled a lot with depression. And so it was hard for me to coach and be around people in that space all the time. And I just kind of got burnt out. And so when I started helping people with their blogs, I was really helping with the same stuff. I was really still helping them with mindset and obviously sharing the marketing stuff I know, which I'm a huge nerd about business marketing. (laughs) But I really started tapping into mindset and thinking about yourself like a business owner and thinking about yourself as someone that can be successful online and generate money and thinking about yourself as someone that has something important and valuable to say. And as I started coaching women on that, they started making more money, which was really exciting for me. And so I just ran with it. I absolutely love that. So before we get into some of the practices and things that you'd recommend, you know, if we're in that spot where maybe our mindset's looking a little tattered, like we talk about here on the show, you can't just do a mindset exercise once, just like you can't do one sit up and have a six pack forever. I'd first like to take you back to a moment. And this can be recently as you like stepping up and being, you know, a six and seven figure business owner, or even back when you were starting a moment where you're just like, oh my goodness, I think it would just be easier just to go work at McDonald's because then I could come home and it wouldn't matter anymore. So could you take us back to one of those moments in your entrepreneurial journey? I love my business. I don't have a ton of those kind of moments because I just love what I do and I think it really energizes me. But I definitely had that moment during COVID. Mm -hmm. So I am not, I guess I would say like a financially risk scary person. Like I didn't have any savings in the business account and the business was doing great. And I had made some really big investments buying coaches and buying programs. And I always had plenty of revenue coming in. And right before COVID, I had quit all of my freelancing jobs, (laughs) which was a big at that time, which is so funny because everything is so different now. But a year ago, right this time I was still freelancing. So I was helping other um, coaches that were running multiple six-figure coaching coaching businesses, I was doing their launches and doing their helping them with their marketing and helping them with their email, um, really as a way for me to learn how to scale my own business. And I decided, you know what? I don't really want to do that. I really want to do my own thing. I really want to focus on my own stuff. This is really splitting my energy. And I made the decision to leave that job. And then a week later, COVID happened. And I also, at that time, had... Ad, ad revenue was a big chunk of money for me as well at that time. And that money, I watched that money just fall <laughs> like overnight. <laughs> and then, yeah, so our ad revenue on the site went from like thousands of dollars to like hundreds of dollars. My freelance revenue was gone. And so pretty much in a week, I watched my income be cut in half. I had no savings because I had just made this huge investment in the business. And I immediately started to panic. <laughs> I went into full. I don't know if you've ever had moments like that where you're like, is this about to all be really bad? Like, <laughs> so I had like a real like, oh crap moment. And I remember I called my assistant and I was like, look, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep paying you. I'm going to help you get more clients. I got to make sure you're taken care of. I don't know what's about to happen. Like, I don't know how this is going to play out. And an hour later, I gave her a bonus and I called her up and I was like, we're not going down. I was like, and that was my first $10,000 month. Yeah, right. I was going to say, isn't that right around the time that you hit six figures in a month? Yeah, so... Yeah. So we were supposed to have our lowest month ever. This is like all happening probably the first, second week of March where I'm starting to really realize like, oh crap, like, you know, we're in trouble. And I just decided like, no, like I'm not going, I'm not going backwards. Like I'm only available for expansion. I'm only available for growth. I've worked so hard and there is no effing way that I'm going backwards. And so that moment when I called her and gave her that bonus, I gave her like a little chunk of money and it was kind of my way of declaring like, no, like I'm going to make this money back and more and we're only going forward. And that was the month we launched the mastermind. We launched some other stuff and it was my first $10,000 a month and we haven't made less than that since then. So I absolutely love that story for two reasons. And like, yes, everybody loves it when there's a happy ending, highest working <laughs> month revenue, right? But I love yeah, it. I didn't fact- have to go live under a bridge. <laughs> 
But I love the fact that you allowed yourself to have some human emotions, but like you didn't let it rule you for weeks on end. Like you gave yourself that hour, those couple of, you know, everyone's allowed to have, you know, that five minutes, you know, the couple of hours, even like a day, but you're like, no, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put action behind it. And so that's what I really want people to know about is that it doesn't always just have to be all sunshine and rainbows. Like you can take a minute, but then you've got to get back to the work because it's real out here and people need help. So you need to be the one to show up. I think it's totally normal to kind of be panicking and scared and doubting yourself. And I think I do this every launch. I don't know about you. I always have a moment in every launch where I'm like, you know, feeling like an imposter or wondering like maybe my stuff isn't that good and no one wants my stuff. Like I always have a moment like that every sale we do, every launch we do. And it's just an opportunity to shift things around and to change your mindset, right? It's just an opportunity to do the work. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me or anything like that. I think entrepreneurship is the best personal development you can do. That's why I love it so much. Mm -hmm. So you had talked about how you have to sort of shift out of that energy. Could you sort of walk us through the process either you personally go through or what you do with some clients? Can you give us some tips if we are sort of in that little ebb as opposed to the flow state to sort of like, I don't don't want to say rewire our brain, but sort of at least turn around our mindset around things. Yeah, I think you can always choose to see things differently. And I've been seeing this a lot. I've been coaching people a lot on their launches lately. And I've been telling people, you know, your business isn't about you. And it's you're not your business, like your business is separate from you. So you still get to be a whole complete good person. I still get to be faith, a good, whole, happy person, even when sales are up, even when sales are down. And I don't want my emotional and my emotional well-being and my like goodness as a person tied to what the business is doing because sales are always going to fluctuate. Sales go up and down in every business. It's just the way the way it goes. And so I don't want my emotional well-being tied to I don't want to only be happy when we have big months. I want to be happy and feel good about the work I'm doing and who I am as a person all of the time. And so I think separating yourself from the business is a huge thing and just realizing like you can make absolutely no sales and it doesn't mean anything about you as a human being. It doesn't mean anything about you as a teacher. It doesn't mean anything about anything. It's just data to look at, to learn from. And it's just an opportunity to become better at sales and become better at what you're doing. But it doesn't mean anything about you as a human being. I think we make often our launches and the success of our business mean a lot about us. But if if everything is neutral and none of that matters, right? Nothing means anything until we make it mean something. If everything is neutral and you get to be good and happy no matter what, it kind of takes the, it makes it a little less loaded. It makes it a little less heavy and it makes it easier to shift around. I agree. So for somebody that is right in the thick of it right now, so maybe like you said, you know, their other ad revenue is down. Maybe they just had a launch and it just didn't go the way that it had planned, even though they thought they had done everything right. How do you start the process of actually, like, is there something, I don't want to say mechanical, but is there some type of, like, action step that people can take to really start separating their identity from being the same thing as the business, especially if it's a personal brand? I think what I like to do is I like to find all of the evidence that things are working. So I think it's easy for us to get sucked into this energy, especially for launching something or doing something new of like, this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. They're not buying and this isn't converting and this isn't working. But it's like, focus on the things that are working. Like what is going good on your business? Like instead of focusing on like, I only have X number of email subscribers, I only made X number of sales. Like, can you start feeling thankful for the things that you do have? And I think when you do that, when you start feeling thankful for what is working in the business and you start feeling thankful for what you do have, the page views you already have, the the email subscribers you already have, instead of focusing on what you don't have, I think that inherently starts to kind of shift the energy so you can get in a place where you can start to feel good about yourself, right? And it makes it, like I said, just a little less loaded, a little easier to shift around. I definitely agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm sitting here like shaking my head. I'm like, yes, I'm taking like fierce notes 100%. I do think that it's tough to feel that sort of animosity and that anxiety whilst feeling 
gratitude at the same time. I think that it can definitely, even if it's a little something like, you know what? I posted on Instagram twice this week, like, yay for you, (laughs) like take that as a victory and sort of what's working. So maybe we have done some work and we've gone a little bit, um, over the fact that we are not necessarily our business, but we're still dealing with a lot of that anxiety about like, who am I to actually talk about this? Like, how am I going to be different? Um, you know, this giant person already in my industry, you know, just came out with the exact same idea that I did. Like, what are people going to think about my stuff? How can we sort of tackle that? Yeah. I coach women about this all the time. I think this comes up. I think this comes up for every woman I've ever coached with a business. I don't know about you, but I just see this in students all the time. But what I tell people to do is, you know, when we're worried about what people are going to think about us or we're not as good as so-and-so, we're making it all about us. So it's like, what are people going to think about me? And are people going to judge me? And what are they going to think about this? And does it, are they going to think I sound too much like this person? Can you make it about the people you're serving? Like, can you just make it about showing up to try to help someone, right? And when I have this too, where when I start to think of my vision and all of the people I want to help and how big I want to go, it can cripple me. Like it can really scare me, right? And start, I will start to shut down. But I just try to remember all I have to do is show up. All I have to do is show up. As long as one of my affirmations is, as long as I show up, lives change. <laughs> so Aww. it's like, so it's like, all I have to do is show up. And if I continue to show up, lives will change. Like people will be impacted by you if you choose to show up. Right. So I like to shift it around and make it about serving the other person instead of thinking about what everyone's going to think about you and what people are going to think about your work. Can you just focus on showing up to support someone else and just kind of shifting the focus from yourself to serving people in the audience. I love social media and the internet. I think social media is just a tool for good. So can you go on social media today and just do something helpful and show up to help someone? So I I absolutely love that. Again, if I could be an emoji and be like, all oh, like the prayer hands, like the yay, exactly so much. And <laughs> I love what you said about all I have to do is just show up and like lives change. And so I have really two questions. Um, to follow up with that one, what if we're a little bit nervous to show up? So let's tackle that. Like, do you have any sort of pep talk or any way that like people can sort of get over that hump of being judged or what if people already know this, or I'm going to be annoying. How can they sort of combat that? I really think I I said this on a live stream the other day. I was like, the best way to learn how to use social media for your business is to use social media for your business. (laughs) I think, I think this is an annoying answer, but sometimes you just have to rip the bandaid off. And so what I coach people to do and what we do in my mastermind is a lot is we'll just do 30 day challenges. And it's like, if you just go on camera every day for 30 days, by the end of it, you're going to feel different. Is it going to be hard? Yeah. Are you going to want to do it? No, you're not going to want to do it. Like it's going to be uncomfortable. But if you can just say like, look, like everything I want is on the other side of this discomfort. I have a desire to help people. I have a desire to have a business and I'm willing to stand in this discomfort. I'm willing to go on Instagram stories every day for 30 days. I think Instagram stories is a great place to start showing up if you're scared to be on camera because it's not live. It's short clips. And it's just like, can you go on there and just, it's a little cringy, right? When you start to talk into your phone. I don't know if you feel like that. I still feel like it's kind of cringy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what, what do people want to hear? I always feel like, I'm like, I can write like a fun email, but I'm just like, my life is boring. Granted, like we just bought a house and we're renovating, but I'm just like, is this entertaining enough? <laughs> Yeah, but people like, that's what people like, especially on Instagram. People are nosy. You got to remember, people just want to know like what you're up to, okay? People are like, did Kate do her bike ride today? (laughs) What color is she painting her cabinets? Like that's the stuff people are looking for on Instagram stories. So I think the pressure to say something profound is, is not as real as we make it, right? And it's like, at the end of the day, everyone's responsible for themselves. So you're not responsible for someone else's transformation, you're just responsible for showing up to do your part, right? And they have to do their part. They have to do the other part. And so it just makes it, when I think about it that way, it just makes it easier for me to show up. Because if I think like, oh my gosh, I have to like change everyone's mindsets and change everyone's businesses and change the world, like that's crippling. (laughs) Like that's really hard. Yeah, that's really hard to do. But if I'm just like, all I have to do is show up and be me, 
all I have to do is show up with a heart for service and show up with good intentions. And that's always enough. Then that makes it easier for me to be seen. And then the other thing, like I said, is just doing it, um, just getting used to doing it. Just do it a bunch of times. And then it's, it's easier every time you do it. Would you rather crawl across glass naked or have to stand in line at the DMV with Taco Bell tummy? You know what I'm talking about. Then actually have to write an email to your list. I mean, you don't want to come off too salesy and what if you're boring and you don't want to add to all of the noise. And somehow every single week, besides the cold sweat, you bust out with being finger tied, you know, instead of tongue tied because you're actually typing. Don't you just wish that you could just magically snap your fingers and almost have somebody else write your emails for you? Well, that's exactly what you're going to get when you invest in the email marketing fairy. The email marketing fairy template set is over 50 grab and go newsletters, welcome series, and even an 11 part sales funnel that you can use as an amazing jumping off point to actually write emails that connect with your audience, get replies, and most importantly, get those buy buttons hit. And all you need to do to get your hands on this, along with almost $100 worth of free bonuses, is by heading on over to theemailmarketingfairy.com. That's right, head on over to theemailmarketingfairy.com and you will never have to awkwardly tell your list, hey, I know it's been a while, ever again. So I love what you said. And yes, I do saw my other question from before, but I really want to sort of piggyback on what you just said about you're not responsible for their transformation. So I think that a lot of people, especially when it comes to charging for courses or masterminds or small digital products or any of that sort of stuff, they're so concerned that people aren't going to get the results that we either claim or it's not going to work as well as it should that they really take on that personal responsibility. So how do you, I guess, I don't want to say like defense, but like how do you get so confident, if that's for lack of a better word, that you're not responsible for their own like humanness and their own results? Yeah, I just have really strong boundaries around this in general, but I think about it like this, like I'm very clear about what my role is and what my responsibilities are and what my job is. And I always think about it like, like a gym, right? So my job, (laughs) this is kind of a weird analogy, but I think about it like lots of people will buy a gym membership, right? And maybe Mm -hmm. someone goes every single day, they go twice a day, they change their entire body and health and everything. And then someone else buys a gym membership and they go one time in the whole year and they actually end up in worse health. It's not the gym's fault. The gym's job is to just provide the tools for transformation. And then it's up to that the person, the person that gets the membership, it's up to them to get use the tools to get the transformation. And so as a coach, I just see my job as like holding space. Like if you want to transform, if you want to do this work, if you want to make money, like I will hold the space for you and I will give you the tools to do that. But I very firmly like put the responsibility of getting results on my clients. And I think that's to their service, right? I think it's to their service. I think I never want people to think they have to get results from me or they need coaching from me. I'm like, no, everything you need, you already have, like everything is inside of you. Like, can I help you for sure? Right. But I never want people to feel disempowered. I always want people to know that the power is within them. And when you do that as a coach, it's like, it's not my job to ensure you get results. And I can't do that. I can't hundred percent guarantee everyone's going to get results. Cause I don't know what kind of effort they're going to put in. Right. If you only go to the gym once a year, the gym isn't going to be like, Oh, the gym doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, but what if our, what if we think that like our treadmills are rusty and like, we only have like one five pound weight and then like, a 100 pound weight. So what if our gym is janky? (laughs) I think there's a real urgency right now for people to show up. And I think about this all the time. I think that there are many, many more people that need help than there are people helping. And so to me, the urgency around women showing up and standing in their gifts and building these businesses and doing the work that they're called to do, there's a real urgency to me behind that. So in my mind, I'm like, we don't have time. Like, I don't have time to indulge in all of this doubt and fear, right? I could have said like, well, I can't be a business coach. I haven't scaled. I haven't scaled to multiple six figures, right? So who am I to teach business and how can I do that? And there would be hundreds of women that I've coached who wouldn't have had the transformation they had. 
So it requires you to kind of get over yourself a little bit and be real with yourself. It's easy for us to think when I show up, it doesn't impact anyone. But when you choose not to show up, it impacts a lot of people. It impacts your business and your financial future and the financial future of your family and the charities you support and the, pe- and the people you care about. It impacts the clients that you aren't going to help, that aren't going to get the transformation. And there's no guarantee that someone else is going to do this work. We cannot all just expect like, oh, someone else will do it. Like, I don't have to like, I don't have to become powerful. I don't have to speak my mind. Someone else, certainly it's not me. Certainly someone else will do it. And I'm like, no, it's it's always you. It's only you. You're the only one, right? And so I forget what your question is, but. <laughs> no, but definitely. We were talking about what if your gym is janky and about just, your gym you know, is janky, that's right. What if your gym, that's like, that's just tweetable for this episode. What if your gym is janky, right? And what are you going to do? So um, I have two more questions. And I mean, honestly, I'm sure this interview will end up going a little bit longer because I just love talking to you. But you had said in the term holding space, what does that mean? Well, to me, holding space means I'm going to show up and do my part. So when you're in a program with me, I show up um, in the best energy that I can, in the most integrity that I can. I deliver exactly what I say I'm going to, often more, right? I know you're a fan of this too. We like to Mm -hmm. over-deliver, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I'm going to give you exactly what I promise to give you, and I'm going to hold space for you to come into and use these tools and get the transformation yourself. But the responsibility for the transformation is always on your client and on your customer, right? My job is just to provide the tools. So is it just like, you're going to give them almost like a safe environment where like people aren't like going to be judged or anything like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's, I think one of my gifts personally is, is like, I love building community and creating a, a community that's safe for people to come together and share. But I think it's really about, I, and I think too, like part of your job as a coach is like, I'll hold the vision for you, right? It's like, if no one else believes in you, I believe in you. If you can't, if you don't think it's going to happen, like I will think it's, I will see it for you, right? I'll hold the vision for you. And I think that's part of holding space too, is like, sometimes I think too, as women, as people, we need other people to kind of be able to hold the vision for us. I don't Mm -hmm. know about you. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you're like, I don't know if this is going to (laughs) work. Right. Like every once in a while I'll have this, like, I'll be really fired up and I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the biggest year ever. It's going to be amazing. And then every once in a while I'll have that voice. that's like, is this really going to work? Like, is this actually going to happen? I don't know. And at that time, like, this is why I have coaches and why I'm in community, right? Because sometimes I need other people to hold the vision for me. And I think energetically, that's really powerful. I 100% agree. Again, you're allowed to have a human experience, everybody. But you've got to make sure that you're not going to let that stop you from doing the stuff that you know that you're ultimately called to do. And one of the things you really focus on is showing up and serving for other people. And that that has to be, you know, like, that's the part that you play where a lot of people tend to get tripped up is they want to serve, but then they feel, I don't know, like a money hungry butt face if they're going to charge money (laughs) for helping people, because we've always been taught like you can't charge people to like help them. So when you're showing up to serve, like how do you help your clients or just how do all of us, like how can we reconcile like the serving and the selling part together? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I went through this big time because I, my whole 20s, my whole 20s, I was just dedicated to service, right? So I worked at Habitat for Humanity. I did AmeriCorps. I was really about dedicating my life to service and my time to helping people. And your girl was broke. <laughs> like when, yeah. I mean, I lived on like, we lived on like $80 a week, I think when I was in AmeriCorps, like it was, you know, we just, I just didn't make any money at all. And I thought that's how I could help and how I could have an impact. But what I started to realize was that that's a very limited impact to make. And I could only make the impact that I could do with my time. Right. And my like physical body. Cause I had no money to, to leverage any other resources. And so I started to realize if I really wanted to make an impact, if I was really serious about reaching a lot of people and helping a lot of people, I had to start getting money behind 
what I was doing to do that. And the other part of this I went through when I started the blog. So when I started Radical Transformation Project, which is my mental health blog, I had this idea where I was going to get corporate sponsors to pay for the courses and the courses were going to be free. <laughs> that was like my <laughs> whole, that was my whole business plan, right? <laughs> so what I found out though, as I started doing that and I got people to sponsor courses or sponsor people and pay for courses for people, people wouldn't finish them. They didn't finish mm -hmm. them. Right. And I don't, I'm sure you've had this experience. I've definitely had this experience. I had this experience last year, right? I put down like $8,000 before I was making, I wasn't making $10,000 a month, right? I wasn't making a ton of money. So, you know, and I don't have, like I said, I don't have any savings. I'm not someone that has like lots of cash laying around. At that time, I put $8,000 down on a mastermind. And I just remember being like, it's go time. Like yeah. I'm about to quantum leap this thing. And there was just no doubt in my mind that I, I was going to make that money back because I had to. Right. And I got really, I got really exponential results from that program but I wouldn't have gotten those results if that program was $50. Just like my clients didn't get the results from my program when the program was free. They have to invest. And so, you know, there's a couple of things about this. I think I need cash to pay my team to make the best programs we can make. My programs mm -hmm. are better because I have someone on the back end, because I have a business manager and I have an assistant and we have people helping us and we outsource things. My programs and my services and the quality that I offer is much higher than if I were doing everything myself. And then the other part is like my clients get better results because they're financially invested. And so I don't see it. Like, I think a lot of times women feel like I'm taking money from them. Yeah. Like you're <laughs> like, stealing them. Your hamburger attire and your swervy mustache. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny. Cause you know, the women that come to me that feel like that, they're like, I just feel like I'm taking people's money. And it's just like, I know clearly like they're not going to go steal from anyone, right? It's like they're so <laughs> big hearted and generous. It's like you're the last person I realize I worry about taking advantage of people, right? It's like <laughs> Right? Like if you are having that thought by sheer, like just by thinking it, yeah, it's not you. Because the people that are like that right. don't even think that thought. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you're coming to me to be coached on that, I already am not worried about you doing that. <laughs> because people that are taking advantage of people don't care. And then the other thing is like, that's a very scarcity mindset. It's like, you're taking their money and they can't go get more. Like, you know, I believe in my clients. Like, do you believe your client is capable of going and making a hundred dollars, $500? Like people can figure things out. People have the ability to generate money. We all generate money for ourselves, you know? And I think it's very disempowering. It's a very disempowering thing to think about your clients. Like, oh, like, you can't have this $100 program or you couldn't possibly have this $500 program. Like, why not? Like, do you really believe in your clients? Oh, that's really good. What if, what if our clients aren't in the making money space? Cause I know like the people that you tend to coach and that are in your mastermind, which definitely let us know a little bit more about the mastermind as well. Like a lot of them are in like the blogging about blogging, marketing about marketing business to business space. So how do you help them reconcile dealing with consumers? Well, I think we all have the same ability to generate money. I guess I see money as a more like money to me is like, you can always go get more money. And even when I was broke, like, and I've been as broke as a person can be. I just did a post on Instagram about how I lived in a tent for a year. <laughs> like that's pretty broke. <laughs> mm. But was I was when you I were doing AmeriCorps or is this after that? No, this was after I have a whole, I could tell a whole story. <laughs> about this other life I've had. <laughs> Very no, interesting. Just, you're going to have, you're no skirting around this tent issue. We are going to talk about this in a minute. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't even that long ago either. This was only like, I think I was 28 or 29, but you know, I've had like no money, but at the end of the day, when it's like, I needed bills taken care of, or I had a medical bill come up, like I'm a hustler. Like I can go figure out how to make money, right? Like I can go get money even before I had my own business and I was doing services it's like i would go get a job i would go pick up a job waiting tables like i would go there's ways for people to generate money and i think this idea of well you couldn't possibly figure out how to go make a hundred dollars to take my program is a really disempowering thing to think about the people you work with mm -hmm. so tell us a tent story because we, we all want to know about this <laughs> 
<laughs> why why well, the I, tent? Was this like uh like a tiny house situation where people are like doing it or you're just like, no, I'm living in no, a tent. This was a this was a tent. <laughs> no, no walls, no anything. So what I what I did for gosh, I lived like this for a couple years too, which is crazy to think about. But I used to work as a wilderness counselor. So I used to take at risk kiddos on 28-day wilderness camping trips. And I would go on those trips. I would get paid out at the end, like a couple thousand bucks for doing the trip. You know, it would take us a couple months to like set up, set up the recruitment for the kids and go on the trip. And then you debrief and then you make, you know, a couple thousand bucks. I would take that money and just travel. So I went to all the national parks. I've been to almost every national park in the country. I've been across the country. I rode my bike from like Florida to Seattle one summer. I just did kind of adventure life. I had no phone. Like I didn't have a smartphone. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a car. I didn't have, I, I only had like my bicycle and my camping gear. And I how just did you figure like out how to get there? Do you just like kept going the opposite direction of the sun? <laughs> I had a map. I had like an actual paper map and, <laughs> and it actually like, i I had an iPhone too that someone had given me that didn't have service. So I would like go on Wi-Fi. Like if I didn't know where something was, I would like find like a McDonald's or like a place with Wi-Fi and I would like go on, on my phone on Wi-Fi and like look at it that way. But then once I left the Wi-Fi, I still didn't have a map again on my phone. So yeah, it was like, it was, I don't recommend anybody do this. This is like, don't do this. <laughs> So, and people come to me all the time and they're like, I don't know how to use social media. And I'm like, you have no idea where I come from. <laughs> like, cause when I started this online business, I had no, I didn't have like a smartphone. Right. So people at that point had had Instagram and Facebook for years. I didn't have a smartphone until I was like 30 years old, which is only like four years ago. So, you know, I don't know. I think anybody can, I, I really hope that this is like inspiring someone where it's like if if anybody can learn how to do online marketing like let me be a testament to that right it's like you will never find anybody that's less literate on a computer knows less about social media than me and i'm making six figures online so if i can do it you can do it <laughs> i love right instead of a rags to riches stories it's from tent to riches <laughs> yeah it, well yeah i'm like my brother and i always joke like we're middle class and we're never going back we're like we're middle class we made it <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm like pulling Faith into the 1%. I'm like, come join us, Faith. Oh, we're <laughs> There's going. a lot I, of taxes I, over here, but it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely changed tax brackets significantly <laughs> in the last couple of years. It's pretty wild. Right. And again, I, as somebody that like, I don't ever like to be like, oh, like rags and riches stories, but like myself and actually Kate from Simple Pin Media when we had interviewed her, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. This was about a year, year and a half ago. Like both of us, like we were on food stamps and we're just like, we got to get off. <laughs> like we need to figure out a way to make more money. So that way this isn't a forever thing. And I think that that a lot of people tend to have that, that situation. I think that's why a lot of that scarcity mindset of feeling bad for charging money for things, because most everybody at some point has been at a point where like, no, 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 there legitly was not $27 to spend on this ebook. But then- you take the leap and you do it anyways. Right. But you can change your situation. Right. And mm -hmm. I think if you're saying, well, I'm not going to charge anything, then you're saying like, I don't believe you're in your ability to change your situation. Yeah. And so you got to hold the belief. Like I'm saying, like hold the vision and hold the belief for your client. Like I believe you can play up here. And if you don't believe in their ability to go get $27. Like, I don't think you think that they're very powerful and that doesn't seem like an empowering situation for anybody but I think too, what I love about online businesses, so I had that life with the tent and there was like a lot of freedom in that, but obviously like no money. <laughs> like granted, right. I, made, I made that $2,000 last a, a shockingly long time at that time, but I had no money. And then I did the nine to five thing and I had money and I had no time. And Ugh, so I really five. feel like the online business thing helped me reconcile both of those things where it's like, now I have freedom and time and money, which that, I mean, I feel like we hacked the system. I'm like, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm like, everybody, come on, look, this is the way. And then people are so resistant. It makes me crazy. Yeah. I'm like, do you not see what this opportunity is? Like, do you not see this? This is insane. <laughs> it is the best. And then like, you know, people are like, oh, like I want to open a restaurant. It's like, 
those are the most horrible profit margins ever. Like, obviously, I love the fact that I can go to local restaurants and, like, bless them and their hearts for actually doing this. But I'm just like, <laughs> I could not operate at such a low profit margin. And, like, here we are. Like, people are complaining, like, oh, no offense to anybody. But, like, oh, I've got to pay, like, $30 to convert kit. Um, imagine making no dollars and having to shell out thousands just for plates. Well, and having to get investors so you don't even own the whole business. Like a lot of places that are brick and mortar, you have to go get investors because you need six figures or multiple six figures just to open the restaurant, right? So then when it is profitable, you don't even own all of it. Yeah. So recently um, at the time of this recording, and this is going to come out in a couple of weeks, we just closed down a house. And so I'm the sole breadwinner, as you guys know from listening to the show. So my husband is a stay-at-home dad and I'm like... I'm literally standing in this empty brand new house that I bought. I'm just like, I made this out of thin air, out of thin air. I made <laughs> yeah. this house. Like I made this money. And like, there's a whole another story. And I'm sure we'll have a besties chat about like how we manifested it. And I'm sure we'll have Faith back to talk more about manifesting too. Cause she's also right up that alley with me, but I'm just like, yeah, it was an old computer. And then one of my grandparents had passed away. So I used my inheritance to buy a better computer. Not that I think that I couldn't have done it with the old one, but I'm just like, thin air thin air we made this everybody and anybody can do this like faith and i aren't special except for the fact that we show up again and again and again and like you know if say the email marketing fairy or like love your list didn't work like i'm so passionate and i know faith is too about really helping people they're like i will just figure something else out like that's just it I've launched like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of offers. Like I've sold, I've tried it every way. Like I can try it. Right. It's just like, I'm just relentless. Um, I've had like, I think four different membership sites. I've launched like lots of offers, but I didn't know anything about marketing when I started. I was really like stabbing in the dark. (laughs) So I got got, like, I feel like I got a, yeah, I got a marketing degree kind of in like hard knock, right? Like I just learned things the hard way over and over. But I, but that's the best way to learn, right? It's like, just get in the freaking, like, just get in the pool, right? It's like, you've got, you can't learn to swim by like reading about swimming. It's like, you've got to get in the pool. And people spend all this time like researching business and thinking about their business. And I'm like, no, that's not how you learn. <laughs> mm. Like when you want to mess up when like, 10 people are watching instead of 10 million people like that's what oh how many subscribers should I have on my list before I email one yourself practice with 10 people they don't know they're one of 10 but you know and now it's less pressure it's so funny you say this because I did this I did this exact thing so I swore I would never go on camera I would never go on video I I hired them (laughs) Yeah, I know. I hired my, I wish I could find a recording of this call, but I hired my first business coach. And I remember telling her, I didn't even have my picture on my blog. I remember telling her like, I will never go on camera. Like I will never be on camera. I will never film myself. I just, I I have to figure out a way to build this business and not be on camera. And I was like really, really adamant about it. And I had this Facebook group that was growing. And as I kind of came around to the idea of like, okay, I'm going to get over this fear of being on camera. I'm going to do it. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to start doing live video when I have a thousand people in my Facebook group. And so I kept putting it off until I had a thousand people. And then I had to learn how to do live video in front of a thousand people in my Facebook group. Like, don't do that. No. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I did it. But I was just like, why did I do this? This was so stupid. Like, I wish I had started when there were 10 people in my Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> right. 100%. I love that analogy. And I know we've said it so many times here as well. Like, you can't learn how to swim from writing a book from reading a book it's just you can watch a million youtube videos but until you actually are swimming it's never going to work so before we wrap it up i would love 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 if you could tell everyone a little bit about your mastermind first and then i would love to hear about the contribution that you have for the back to business bundle Sure. The mastermind is my very favorite offer. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I think it's the best offer for bloggers on the internet. I, it's like my very favorite thing. So the mastermind is basically a membership site where you can get business coaching. So when things really started to turn around for me, I was doing high-end masterminds and working with business coaches, but I spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month doing that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make an offer that would give people 
that kind of experience at an entry level price point. And so that's what the mastermind does. They get Zoom calls with me. You could ask me Facebook Live questions. We have a blog writing coach you get to work with. We have a social media coach you get to work with. It's a lot of group coaching. And then you get to be part of a really incredible community. I think it's I can't say enough good things about the community. And, you know, I think my coaching is great and everything. But what people really love is being part of that community because the women in there are incredible. And I think it's important to have a group of people that understand what you're doing and see your vision and support you and really actually get it. I don't know about you, Kate, but my family Mm -hmm. does not get it. (laughs) I just tell everyone, yes, I build websites. It's just, it's so easy to be like, yes, I build websites. You got me. It's fine. Yeah, I'm like, I do social media marketing. <laughs> I can't even go there. It's just, yeah, I build websites. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. My family doesn't get it. But it's important to have kind of a group of people around you that understand, right? Because even when you have a bad day, it's like you can't fully get support from people that just don't understand what you're doing. And then when you make your first $10, like they don't understand either what that is and like what that means and what that feels like. So I think community is really important. And I think it's the missing piece. What I was seeing and why I made it was I saw so many women buying course after course after course and not getting results. And I was like, why? Like, why are so many women not, you know, able to get these businesses off the ground? And I think it takes a lot of support to build a business. I think you need mentorship. I think you need community. I think you need more support than what most people are getting. And so it's like a support group for business owners. It's the (laughs) best. (laughs) Right. I have to say, and what I really love about your ladies is that they are real action takers. Like, I think that you really do attract those people that like, even when they have a down moment, but they're not going to stay down. Like, it's not like what you see in a lot of like free Facebook groups where it's just like everyone like being negative and like piling on and being like, oh, like algorithm changes and like all this stuff and like the system stacked against us where your ladies are like, this sucks. What can I do to make it better? And I think that being around people that have that last sentence, what can I do to make it better? Just, it just makes all the difference. So we'll definitely yeah. put a link to that in the show notes. So that way people can check it out. Cause I know sometimes it's open year round, sometimes it's open close. So we'll definitely put a link. So at the very least you guys can get on the wait list for when that is open, but can you tell us a little bit about your free gift that you have for the back to business bundle about stress-free launching? Yeah, I'm really excited. I really hope all of you guys will go get it. It's one of my favorite. One of my favorite things to talk about is money mindset. And so I made the no stress launch guide and it is a workshop I recorded. It has all of my money mindset tips and all of my launch mindset tips. And it's just really about managing your mind as you go through launching and selling. So I think sales can be very difficult for people to manage their mind around. I think your brain, Mm -hmm. my brain still does this. It tends to like squirrel out, right? Where it's like, ah, like a bit of spiral and freak out. And it's like, you know, can you manage your mind and go through that? I'm always like, it's one thing for you to say like, yes, I believe in my business. I believe I can do it. But can you believe in yourself and your business when it looks like no one is going to buy your stuff? Like that's when it matters, right? And so that's really what the workshop is about. And it just has a lot of like money mindset, sales, vibes in it. I love it. It is a really great training. So where else can people hang out with you online? Do you have any other free goodies in case if the back to business bundle is over? Cause people are listening to this in the far future. Yeah, I have a free money mindset pep talk. I'll give you the link to that. It's kind of one of my more popular, I guess, rants that I did on the internet that went kind of viral and we put it into a workshop format. You guys can get that. You can come hang out. I have a free Facebook group where I do lives and little, I do a Monday morning pep talk every Monday. If you want, if you're feeling like bummed or like you just need some energy to start the week, you can come to our Monday morning pep talk and I hang out in the free Facebook group. And yeah, that's where I am on the internet. What's the name of the free Facebook group? I mean, we'll have a link down below, but what's the name of the free Facebook group? It's called Blogging Breakthroughs with Faith Mariah. I have a podcast too, Blogging Breakthroughs Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I like forgot I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're just so into serving, we forget sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So Blogging Breakthroughs Podcast, Blogging Breakthroughs Facebook group. I would love to have you come hang out and be part of the community. Like Kate said, I'm really just into helping women take action and build these businesses. And that's what I'm passionate about. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Faith. I feel like this is going to be one of those interviews that people listen to over and over and over again. I know I heart you. And like I said, guys, you can head on over to backtobusinessbundle.com if, um, you know, it is still open because we are closing on March 5th. And if it's a little bit early because you guys are getting there early, you can always sign up for the wait list. So bye, everybody. Y'all, I could have talked to Faith forever, and I'm so lucky the way that I had the interview scheduled. I had another one right after, or else I probably would have talked to her for another two hours, and I'm sure that we will definitely have Faith back on the show. And I found it so interesting. I know it sounds so odd, but I really liked how she slept in a tent. I know it sounds so odd, even though, like, we know each other, and she's been one of my students and one of my clients. Like, I have no idea. And like she said, she really sees selling as coming from a place of service because as she's seen in her own business and for her own self, when people aren't paying for something, they're not as dedicated. And what I really wanted to pull out, I mean, there were so many ah ahas really in this whole entire interview, but I love how Faith really talks about how your job is to hold space, meaning you need to be positive. You need to show up with your energy. You need to show up with the type of support that people need, but you cannot be in charge of people's transformations. And I think that that is one thing that I know even myself to this day, sometimes I struggle with and having that boundary set up of like, oh, you know, somebody sort of follows some of my principles, but then they didn't get the same results as somebody else. Like I must be a failure. This must stink. Again, you know, my gym equipment to use her example in the interview, you know, it must be a rusty treadmill, but really it is their job to show up with even more enthusiasm, to use the tools in the correct way that we have for them. And just to be there for them. And so I really do, if you guys are struggling with putting a price tag onto anything, um, maybe you have in the past and you're just not promoting things as much, is to really like sit down almost like Faith was talking about and what is your responsibility? Your responsibility is to give people tools. It is to facilitate that transformation. It is not to force that transformation. We cannot make people into butterflies. We cannot guarantee that they are going to get the same results as Joe Schmo because everyone's life is different. And I think that when we can learn to put those boundaries in place and still realize that us just showing up is enough. And that's one of the other things that I really love from this interview and I have it highlighted like eight times on my notepad is just showing up is enough. It is enough to spark some change into somebody else. And that is all that you have to do is to really be in the energy of helpfulness of service and it is going to make an impact. So that's it for this week's episode of Inbox Besties and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for having Inbox Besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.